Hi, I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the fourth trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth trimester care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Welcome back, listeners. This is Esther today on the Fourth Trimester Podcast. Um, Our beloved Sarah won't be with us today, but um, we have a wonderful guest, Melissa Hurt, who lives in Del Mar, New York. So we had to do some fancy scheduling to be able to (laughs) talk with her today. Um, I'm going to reintroduce her in a moment, but I just want to remind you that we have... um, Of course, in addition to our podcast, which the feedback has been really sweet and lovely lately, everyone really appreciated the Visitors podcast, uh, which I thought would maybe be a hard sell, but turns out it's not, um, I'm happy to say. Uh, But in in addition to that, of course, we have our our Fourth Trimester Podcast Facebook page, and we have our website, fourthtrimesterpodcast.com, which we recommend you go to for additional material and uh, little updates here and there and text and things of that nature. Um, Again, it's Esther Gallagher chatting with you today, and I want to reintroduce Melissa Hurt, who um, is going to tell you her early postpartum story and talk about a modality that she practices and teaches. And she is generously going to teach us today her modality. And I'm very excited about it. So hi, Melissa. Hi. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's our pleasure. Melissa, go right ahead and and tell us a little bit about you and your fourth trimester, and then we'll launch right into talking about this modality. Great. Well, a little background on me. I am a certified yoga teacher and a LESAC certified voice, speech, and movement trainer. And so my world was all about feeling sensation and feeling good. And that's what I do for myself. And it's what I teach other people. And then when I had my daughter, I had her via cesarean, which was very difficult to recover from. And it was not in my original plan, but it's just was what God gave me. So it was my plan and I took it and I rolled with it. But the recovery was very, very hard. And what I did not expect was um, how low energy I would be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and that recovery. Um, When you have a C-section, I I feel like you are forced to rest a little bit more. Maybe that's not the case for all women, but for me, I felt like I needed to. Well, I'm going to jump in right away, Melissa, and say that... From the vantage point of my 41 years of involvement with the postpartum period, um, I don't want our listeners being um, 
having having the mythology promulgated that if you have a vaginal delivery, you're necessarily going to feel better. And that if you have a C-section, you're necessarily going to need something more of something. It's all true that in the fourth trimester period, you require rest, nourishment, sleep, nourishment, rest, and a modicum of appropriate exercise. So sure. carry on. You are, you are both correct and uh, maybe um, enlightened. I am enlightened. And, and I think that my assumption there was based off of how my midwives were preparing me for the C-section mm-hmm. because I was planning for a natural vaginal delivery. And then it just didn't go that way. And so a lot of that was just taking on what my midwives had advised me. But yeah, I thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So in any case, um, I was staying at home with my daughter. She nursed a lot. I mean, a lot. And I did not realize how dehydrating that was. She needed to nurse. Pretty much it felt like around the clock. I know it wasn't until she was almost a year old before I got five hours of sleep in one chunk of time. And so just those first few months in particular were just very, very exhausting. And so a lot of things took a hit. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was not eating as well as I wanted to. I mean, sometimes when you're absolutely starving from nursing a lot, you're just grabbing what is in arm's reach in the fridge or in the pantry without having to reach up and or bend over because you're holding your child. And so I was just trying to get by however I could. Well, one day I put my daughter down for a short little nap and I was talking on the phone with my mentor for my LESAC certification. And we were just having a friendly chat and she interrupted me and she said, what has happened to your voice? I said, what do you mean? She says, your voice has no energy. There's no life in it. You need to find your vocal tone. What happened to your voice? I said, well, I'm just really, really exhausted. And you're right. My voice does feel really strained and it doesn't feel good. And I'm a certified trainer, so I should have known better. But that's just where life took me. I was feeling exhausted. And she said, well, you need to find opportunities to develop your voice again. Do you read to your daughter? I said, of course, I read to her every single night before bed. She says, okay, do you play games with her? Oh, sure, all the time I play games with her. We do like stuffed animals and all kinds of little games together. And she was really enlightening me on all the things that I do all the time that were opportunities for vocal play and exploration. And a light bulb went off for me. And I said, absolutely, this is my first step to reclaiming myself and body, mind, voice, and spirit. And I was very thankful that she had said those things to me. And so right away, as soon as my daughter got up, I started humming to her, just humming a song that I liked so I could feel the vibration of my voice again in my mouth and on my lips. And I was yawning a little bit in the back of my throat so I could bring the vocal vibration forward, which just felt really, really good. And that little slight yawn, and we could all do it. It's that, I call it that office meeting yawn or the church yawn, or you don't want to be rude and yawn, but you really need to yawn, yawn. 
And so it's when I your mouth did. is <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's when so you're lovely. <laughs> so your mouth is closed, but you're yawning. You feel that lift in the back of your throat, and your lips and your cheek muscles are moving forward a little bit to accommodate that space, but they want to stay closed. Well, just feeling that lift in the back of the throat will help bring the vocal vibrations forward, and it gives space, literally. So I was doing that a lot. And then I started doing what we call the Y buzz and the Lessac kenesensic work. And so this is the tool that I wanted to share with everybody because it is such a therapeutic tool. It strengthens the voice without straining the voice. It optimizes your breath. So you have to breathe well to really do it and feel it. And breathing well is really the foundation of feeling well. And it focuses your voice forward in a particular part of your mouth that when you bring your awareness to it, it's very meditative. And so for me, who wasn't able to get a lot of sleep, finding those little moments of meditation were a way to give my brain some focused rest so I could restore myself and get on through my day and through my night even. So that's what I wanted to share was the why buzz. That you is, ready? That's very exciting. <laughs> I, I am ready. I'm so ready. I'm going to practice with you. <laughs> okay, um, good. And I am going to uh, reassert for my, my listenership that, listen, if you're a new mom, you and everyone around you needs to learn ways to sleep when your baby sleeps every time your baby sleeps. So all the things that we can do that are restorative are wonderful, but our brains need sleep. So, so often it's a case for people like you yourself, Melissa, like myself 41 years ago, like, you know, Lots of women in the busy world we live in that we're looking at devices, we're talking on the phone, we're having visitors or visitors are having us uh, <laughs> and um, and we're not being respected in our absolutely essential human need to sleep and sleep in a way that meshes with the fact that we're the parent of a new baby. So I'm going to say it on every podcast if I have to, but figure out the ways in which you are going to protect your need for sleep. And you are going to educate those around you that sleep is the second thing after food, only after food, right? That's great. In the midst of nourishing your own baby and healing and recovering. So let's get back to this why buzz. I'm very excited. Okay. Okay. So as I said, foundation of everything we do is breathing well. And so we can feel that organically by imagining we have something we love to smell in front of us. Maybe it's a freshly baked cookie or a fresh brewed cup of coffee, or maybe it's the smell of your baby. I mean, babies smell amazing. And so you close your eyes. And imagine you're smelling that thing with pleasure. So let's take a breath in like we're smelling this thing we love. And then sigh it out through your mouth. And you feel this little effervescent lift in your whole self when you find that sigh. And so we'll do that a couple more times. And as you pleasure smell, as we call it in the Lessac work, you're feeling the expansion of yourself. 
your belly, your back, your sides, your ribs, your spirit, everything it feels expansive. So we'll smell this thing we love and sigh it out with pleasure. And so this is an optimal breathing practice. We're not forcing anything. We're not tightening anything to access some great deep breath. We're just breathing naturally and breathing with behavior because our, our spirit is connected with this because we're breathing something that we imagine that we love. And so love and feeling good, those are always a part of what I teach people. And so then we're going to feel that office meeting yawn that I talked about before, that slight yawn in the back of the throat. So you can even feel that little lift in the back, that incipient yawn. And then Feel as if you're about to kiss your baby or do a quiet, just quiet little shush. So you feel the cheek muscles moving forward and the lips moving forward. And so we feel that lift in the back of the throat and that forward moving action of the cheeks and the lips. Arthur Lessac called that the reverse megaphone because there's that open space in the back of the mouth and the leak. Cheeks and lips move forward to make that smaller mouthpiece. And so we feel that reverse megaphone. We also call it forward facial orientation. So that's our posture, if you will. It's not fixed. It's very flexible and dynamic, but it's giving space for your voice to move forward. So we're going to just feel some nice breathing with that forward facial orientation. And from here, just hum a song that you like in your speaking voice range. So just hum anything. And as you hum, you're feeling vibration moving forward on your lips. So Esther, can you feel vibration on your lips as you hum? I can when I take that posture. Yes, yes, good. Because the that lift in the back of the throat, it's relaxed a lot of muscles and it's allowed the vibration to move forward. So now we let the hum hum on an N consonant, as if we're saying nine. So Esther will keep humming as I speak. You'll feel the tip of your tongue making contact with the space just behind the upper front teeth, what's called the upper gum ridge. And so the tip of the tongue is making contact with the upper gum ridge, but the rest of the mouth is pretty relaxed, if you will. So on that contact point is vibration. So Esther, do you feel vibration on that contact point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It feels great. <laughs> yeah. It's very relaxing and it feels very good. And you might even feel that vibration is moving up because bone conducts vocal tone. It's like a natural amplifier. And so if the vibration is on that upper gum ridge, which is a bony surface, it will move up into the sinus cavity, the nasal bone, maybe even where the third eye is. In between I was going to say, I feel it skull. kind of up into my sinuses and even above them almost. Absolutely. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. 
So we're going to keep humming on the end. And now we're going to transition from an N to a Y. As if you're about to say yes. And you can hum on that Y and any pitch you like. Just get to feel that it's a vowel-like consonant. Just get to feel the sensation of the Y. And then as you're humming on the Y, let it waft down to where you feel vibration on the same place where you felt the vibration on the N. And it's sometimes as if you're alternating between saying no, yes. So just so you can feel that you're in the same location. Wow. So do you feel That's a little phenomenal? <laughs> yeah, you feel that vibration on the Y in that same location? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very relaxing, but it's also energizing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so kind now of that clarifying. Hum- it is clarifying, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so as we hum on the Y and we found that little vibration on the upper gum ridge, we call it the ping. It's like a little ping. We're going to gently <laughs> massage it with a And we're staying on one pitch. We're just really tasting that Y buzz. And so that Y buzz, we're in what's called the lower third of the speaking voice. So we're not way up here like Minnie Mouse. And we're not way down here in the basement because that never feels good. We're in our speaking voice. And so I always like to test it by saying, hi, my name is Mommy. Hi, my name is Esther. Yeah, mommy. We'll say, say Mommy, yeah, because yeah. that ends in the Y bus. Esther Mommy. There you go. And you're there. I can hear it. I can hear it in your voice. And you, you feel that forward facial orientation. You have easy breath. And you feel as if you're floating through the crown of the head. So we're going yeah. to keep massaging that Y buzz on the one pitch. And then once you find that little pulse, then we can do little baby siren glides going up and down, but staying where the vibration is on that upper gum ridge. So we're exploring a vocal range within the Y buzz. Yes, that's right. And so we develop a vocal range there because we're not robots. We are dynamic, living, expressive human beings. And we get excited. We have emotion. We share love. We share concern. We share all kinds of things through our voices. And we have range. And so when we find this potent, resonant, warm tone, which is the Y buzz, we expand it into this range. So we have what we call a Y buzz-like current to our speech. And you feel it like a current, like a current of water moving forward. That Y buzz vibration just moves forward. And it's a wave energy that you can feel. 
least I can feel it. Yeah. And so that's the why buzz. And so I started massaging the why buzz again. And when I would read books to my daughter, I would feel um, the why buzz, like in the light of the moon, a little caterpillar ate a leaf, whatever the hungry caterpillar is that I read a million times when she was a baby. But as I was reading my board books to her, I was finding those little pings of vibration on the long E vowel. And that knew I was keeping my voice in that Y buzz like range, keeping my voice forward moving, which meant I was breathing well, which meant that my um, posture was healthy. I wasn't collapsed in my throat or my shoulders, which a lot of times happened to me when I was super tired and not aware. So it just kind of kept me in check, kept me self-aware in a really healthy, loving way and developed my voice back so that I felt spiritually renewed because I felt like myself again. That's what I wanted to share. That is so lovely. It makes me think of a couple of things, Melissa. And one is that um, there's always um, singing in my house Uh, when we were little kids, you know, or even up into adulthood, like, my dad loves to sing. My mom's a wonderful singer, didn't sing that much because she was always reading to herself, you know. Um, but my dad was more sort of moving around all the time and singing to himself or singing to us. If we <laughs> if we came up and had a question or a, something to say, he'd pick up on something we'd said and start a song with it, you know, a song oh, from his, his vast, you know, archives in his brain of all the songs <laughs> he knew. That's right. And, um, or if we stopped at the train tracks, he'd sing all the train songs or whatever. So, uh-huh. um, and it was just, um, you know, and we were learning those songs, of course, we, we were, he was teaching us those songs. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there is just such delight, like in liveliness, you know, you're otherwise just sitting there waiting for the next thing. And, yes. and uh, so much uh, life in that. But what I'm really appreciating from this teeny little practice with you is also, of course, um, not only do I feel awake and clarified, but I feel like I can make good choices in this moment. Like, whether to lie down and rest, whether to sit in my posture, you know, that I'm sitting in, whether to get up and feed myself, um, you know, uh, and I'm imagining too, like if I had a newborn baby in front of me, I could kind of clear out all of this sort of the physiological slash emotional (laughs) kind of turbidity. Yes. And just be more present with that little, you know, with myself vis-a-vis that little person. Absolutely. Um, So how lovely this is really, really lovely. So Melissa, um, You have uh, a web presence, as we like to call it nowadays, I guess. Yes, I do. Um, Could you tell our listeners about um, maybe a little more about what you do in your um, professional life, shall we call it? Sure, sure. And and tell people about uh, how how they might get in contact with you. Great. Yes, well... In my professional life, um, like I said, I'm a, a certified yoga teacher, 
and a certified embodied voice, speech, and movement trainer. And so really the way I kind of nail that down is I help people feel well. And in particular right now, I do a lot of work with prenatal and postnatal yoga and embodiment practices because in my experience with the women that I've met, uh, we're all just kind of making this up as we go along, right? There's no, there's <laughs> no like life. supreme handbook, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and a lot of a lot of a commonality that I hear is um, the surprise of how tired they are, just trying to like pull things together to make it work day by day. And so, I try to offer strategies and practices just to help them get through moment by moments, whether it's why buzzing, whether it's a breathing practice whether it's a meditation they can do while they're nursing or bottle feeding their baby, um, whether it's pelvic floor explorations, I mean, whatever it is, just things that they can do that in short little snippets of time to get sensation back into themselves so they take care of themselves, but also restore themselves and mind, body, voice, and spirit. And I do think that complex is synergistic. I think Mm -hmm. that when you nurture your body, your mind, and your spirit are there. If you're humming or singing while you do it, your voice is there too. Um, This voice practice we just did, we're also breathing well. So that's nurturing our body and our mind and our spirit. And so there's a synergy to everything that we do. And so I share that with my students. So my website is www.melissahurt.com. And I have a blog where I try to share different kinds of teachings that will help people with a multitude of different concerns or maybe give them some new ideas on how to approach something. Um, I have two voice classes that I hope to be launching in January. So stay tuned on my website for that. And I'm a writer. I actually have a book on um, Arthur Lessack's work as an embodied actor, acting practice published through Rutledge. And I have a picture book coming out with Sounds True Publishing in spring of 2020. That's a yoga picture book that I'm really excited about. So I've just got all kinds of different ways to share these teachings with people, whether it's in person or through my writing. And I did want to say one thing about your story, Esther, about your dad singing a lot. Um, Singing is very, very restorative, and it absolutely lifts the spirit. And Arthur Lassack used to say, when you speak, do you feel like you're singing? And so why not? That's a great question to ask. (laughs) Yeah. Why not feel like you're singing when you speak? Because if you can feel the musicality of your voice, which all voices are musical, we're always speaking on different pitches and different rhythms and tempos. And if we're feeling the sensation of our speech as we speak, then we're feeling percussive instruments and and um, sustainable instruments that we can hum on and so it's almost like we have an orchestra in our mouth and we're in tr- we're the conductor of all of it and mm-hmm. it's really really magical and so if we can feel like we are singing when we're speaking then we will stay connected in body mind voice and spirit mm-hmm. regardless of uh who we're speaking to sure and you know um i i myself um as a student, I'm involved in um, an authentic movement and authentic voice mm. practice. I'm just a baby student in it. But, but um, you know, what I want to add to what you're saying, 
and I hope this is appropriate, is that, um, you know, let's not just think of baby songs <laughs> when oh, we sure. imagine singing. Like, let's think of opera, like where yes. there's all the drama and authenticity of what's being experienced, felt, you know, like when we express ourselves, we are entitled to be emotionally coherent. Yes. Meaning our voice matches what's really going on. And we're not talking like everything's okay. We're not using the everything's okay voice when everything isn't okay. Right. (laughs) It doesn't mean we can't learn to contain and express in ways that are effective. Right. It just means we don't lose the authenticity of of what's happening. And I think that's what you're talking about here, Melissa, as well. When you talk about feeling sensation and dynamic living and expressive beings Mm -hmm. and all this wonderful um, language that you're using with your wonderful voice as we're here. Yeah. And I think also, I totally agree with what you're saying. And as a, as a mom, I find that, first of all, I never did baby talk with my daughter. Mm. Even like, you know, I, I never said, do you want a cookie now? I just would say, would you like a cookie? <laughs> you yeah. know, I just speak to her like I speak to anybody. Mm-hmm. And and I feel my vocal tone as much as possible. And when I get in a moment that's a little heated, let's say she's like really pushing my buttons mm-hmm. and not doing something I've been asking her to, to do a million times. I'm so thankful that I can feel my vocal tone because all I need to do is kind of um, yield more into that vocal tone and Mm -hmm. maybe open up that space a little more. Mm -hmm. And then I get closer to what we call the call and I'm not shouting, I'm not screaming at her, Mm -hmm. which is a loss of control and very scary for her, scary for anybody. Mm -hmm. But instead I am actually more grounded and I have more vocal resonance and she can feel it and she can hear it. And she knows that mommy's grounded. Mommy's looking at me. And I'm very intentional with my voice. And so she knows that I mean what I'm saying and I should Mm -hmm. listen to mom. Mm -hmm. And so it's really valuable for me. And I'm so thankful that I know this work so that I can keep an emotional valve system, if you will, through my voice Mm -hmm. and stay authentic and connected to my expressive need without completely losing myself, because that's when we feel really scared, I think, is when we get lost in anger or anxiety, and then our voices um, get really creaky, or we lose track of them, or we're not breathing. Mm -hmm. And when we don't feel our breath, and we don't feel our voices, we start to not feel our bodies, we don't really feel our groundedness anywhere, and then it emotionally becomes very scary. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important to Again, feel your breath, feel your vocal tone, and it really can um, guide you through a lot of different moments where you can stay connected and stay grounded with who you are mm-hmm. and be true to yourself and true to your needs and not lose yourself in it. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. I think it makes sense. And when I think in these terms, I think about kind of going back to something that is intrinsic to animals that have a voice like animals know how to use their voice authentically and if you're a human animal you're existing in a world that does many many things on a daily basis to to um subtly 
control you and your voice Mm -hmm. in ways that don't serve you in ways that don't support and nourish you. And so finding a way to kind of cut through all of those little micro diversions and micro controls that are part of the world we live in, especially for women. Yes. Um, To be able to come back to the thing that's true and authentic and use it, you know, use it in our authentic expression is wonderful. You know, the fact that we often have lost sight of it, as you described in your own story, Melissa, like in the exhaustion and overwhelm and confusion and wounding of being a new mother, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Your voice was eroded, Mm -hmm. um, And, uh, yeah, to be able to just have a way to say, wait, I just have to get back to this thing. And it's a simple embodied practice. Right. Right. And when I do it, I can connect. Yes. This is a wonderful gift. This is a wonderful gift. Thank you. And you, and you feel it pretty instantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not something you have to put 40 minutes in the bank to then begin to feel something, right. you know, yes. you can, yeah. you can yeah. just start humming and breathing and then find that why buzz. And once you, once you feel it, you're hooked into it. It's there for you. And I think also what you're saying that really resonates with me is I did lose my voice metaphysically and metaphorically mm-hmm. when I had my daughter, because I feel like when you have a baby, it's such a confusing time because here I was before I had my daughter and I was Melissa Hurt, the professional. I was the wife. I was a daughter. I was the friend. And then I have this daughter and I'm a mother and I don't know who that, I don't know who I am as a mother. I'm figuring that out. So I haven't found my voice in this world as a mother. I'm reading a lot of stuff that's telling me what I should be doing and what I should be saying. And I'm trying to take that in and see if any of that lands on me, but I need to find it for myself. And when you find your physical voice, I truly believe it helps you find your voice with a capital V on who you are, what you need to say, and how to be clear with yourself on like what you need in this world and how you can share that with other people. Yeah. It all kind of comes back around. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful, simple teaching, very, um, I mean, I I don't know what it'll be like for other people, but it was immediate for me, I could connect up with it very um, simply and well, and I'm grateful for it. I'm really pleased that we, that you shared this with us and taught us how to do it. So I'm so happy that I, that I had the opportunity and you can read a little more about it on my blog and people can always contact me through my website. I am very approachable. I'm a nice person. So please email me if you have questions and I'm happy to shed light on, on anything that we talked about. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Melissa, again, for coming on the show, being with us today. It was my pleasure. Yeah. And, um, Listeners, uh, we have lots of podcast episodes, so do go, um, you know, however you listen to us, whether you subscribe on your phone or uh, kind of follow us through Facebook or whatever you do. Um, don't forget that we, we're now up to like 60 plus 
episodes. Like we've wow. been cranking them out here <laughs> for a couple of years. It's pretty great. Um, and uh, uh, if you can find it in your heart and your budget, we would so appreciate your subscribing to the podcast. If we just got a dollar for every podcast <laughs> that people listen to, we'd get out of the red zone. Um, uh, we do this for love, for sure, but it'd be nice not to be in debt either. That's the truth. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so um, everyone, take care in the meantime, and we look forward to seeing you and hearing from you on our next uh, sojourn into the fourth trimester. Tell all your friends, not just the pregnant ones. They're the ones who need the care. It's everybody else that needs to learn how to give the care. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Take care. You can subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband, Ben, daughter, Penelope, and baby girl, Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now.